0: Hello, Health Investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're gonna hear from Tim Tamashiro. Tim is a multifaceted creator with a passion for sharing joy and positivity through his work. He has made a name for himself as a speaker, singer, and former national radio host. He is also the best-selling author of How to Ikigai, a book that has helped many people find purpose and meaning in their lives. In the episode, Tim shares what Ikigai is, how to find your Ikigai, how finding your Ikigai can help improve things like your current career and relationship, and more. If you're liking this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd write a review and share it with a friend. Enjoy the episode. Simonson, Certified Nutrition Coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, the high energy you crave and feel like a million bucks i'm so happy you're here with me today don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode hi tim thank you so much for joining me today on the health investment podcast it's a pleasure to be here with you brooke i know we i had reached out to you a while ago and you said You were busy because you were pursuing your own Ikigai, which I'm excited to talk about today, but now you're here and I have not learned about this topic before. And so I'm extra excited for this episode. I always love learning new things. Can you start off by telling us a bit about your background and specifically what led to your interest in Ikigai?
1: Oh, sure. Well, maybe we should let the listeners uh, know that Ikigai is essentially a uh, concept that comes from Okinawa, Japan. And that basically means that you, that you have taken the time to understand what you love to do and what you're good at.
0: Hmm. So
1: this, uh, this is a powerful tool in one's life uh, that uh, basically puts some sort of a name or creates some sort of a name around uh, the reason why you get up in the morning. You know, and and how it not only helps you, but how it helps other people, and you might even get paid for it. <laughs> so it's actually a, a really cool concept. So my uh, first understanding of ikigai didn't happen until about maybe even about maybe I'd say twelve years ago, and that's when I first heard the uh, the word on a television show that was a de- was a design competition actually for hmm. furniture, and the designers were tasked with this uh this uh idea of building some sort of a, a soft couch or something along those lines uh, and uh this one designer had this uh, design of four interlocking circles kind of stacked in a diamond pattern and all four of them kind of met in a confluence in the middle and uh the hosts asked the contestant what is that design and he said oh that's for ikigai that means uh, that you love what you do and you and you're you know what you're good at And so I thought that's kind of interesting because I recognized the word as being probably Japanese. So as I dug into it a little bit more, that's when I kind of realized, holy cow, not only is it Japanese, but it comes from Okinawa, where my grandparents are from. Mm-hmm. And I've always had a very, very strong connection with the idea of saying, I gotta, I, I have to do what I love in life. I have to do what I'm good at, because I feel that's my that's my my gifts, and I have to use my gifts as often as possible because I think those are the things that the people really need from me.
0: Hmm. So if you are Japanese living in Japan, is this a concept you're very familiar with from a young age or does it kind of depend on your family? Uh, no,
1: ikigai is definitely known uh, throughout Japan. I don't know if it's entirely embraced the way that it might be in the West. Uh, you know, the Japanese society is a very different way of uh, looking at what work is, and it's more honor-based. And, you know, uh, there's it's kind of ironic that uh, Japan, or Okinawa rather, which is really a separate portion of japan That's, you know, islands 1200 kilometers south of the main islands of japan but uh yeah japan itself uh has a struggle with ikigai i believe because even though it is a concept that comes from their home islands it's not something that uh, a lot of japanese society and businesses tend to focus on
0: mm, mm-hmm. It reminds me of what we say in the United States of, you know, find your passion or follow your passion. I've heard before, figure out what you love to do, and you'll never work a day in your life. You know, these types of trite phrases we hear out here, I'm sure you're in Canada, I'm sure similar things you hear in Canada as well. How does Ikigai differ from other sort of pursue your passion or personal development frameworks?
1: Okay, I I have an answer for that. As a matter of fact, Iki came came from uh, some wise women uh, that were known as ama divers in Okinawa two thousand years ago. So these ama divers are are women who are food gatherers in their community. And what they do is they go out, they meet down at the ocean shore every morning and they go out into the ocean and uh, they have the skill of being able to not only swim out deep into the ocean and then dive down sometimes as deep as 80 feet to gather food items like shellfish or sea cucumbers or shrimp or whatever they can find down there and then come back up to the surface and place it into a large tub that they have floating up above them. Uh, but not only are they good at it, they do it for their entire lives. And uh, they're they're joyful about the fact that they are doing something that is helpful for the community. So they were the ones that came up with this uh, phrase, Iki Kai, which is essentially life shell. Iki is life, uh, Kai is shell. And uh, so they basically decided uh, this is something that, the, that they love to do and they're good at it. So it helps your community and they get rewarded for it, not only... Uh, By, you know, being able to uh, feed themselves, obviously, but to provide something worthwhile and meaningful to the community. So this idea kind of caught on uh, within Okinawa and other people started calling it ikigai, which is life's worth. Mm. Uh, So maybe a carpenter or a teacher or uh, maybe a a professor or something along those lines might say, my ikigai is to teach or to build wooden objects or to fish or those types of things
0: Mm -hmm. it seems as if it would be especially helpful when you're in high school college and really kind of haven't pursued a career yet in a certain field what does a person do if they feel like their life isn't currently aligned with their ikigai or they don't know what their ikigai is in their midlife
1: most people don't yeah. know what uh, the guy is. And most people have not uh, been... I guess, provided with or uh, been, uh, I guess, exposed to the ideas that can help them understand what their life's worth is. And that, you know, there's a reason for that is because, you know, the, the way that our education system works throughout the world, we're being prepared for what's known as our um, our deficiency needs. You know, we, we need to know the math and the reading and the and the science and all those kind of things is a base level education and whatnot. And it's a safety net so that we can have options to choose a career or have some sort, sort of a job that provides us with a living right something that pays for uh things and so that the lowest common denominator would be you know maybe a minimum wage job uh doing you know some maybe uh physical labor or something along those lines whereas ikigai is different ikigai is about understanding that yes you do have to make a living but w- what is living living is self-actualization self uh, living is the pursuit of uh, getting a full understanding of why we are uh, here on earth what our special gifts are and once we understand what our special gifts are then we can start contributing in a in a more uh, effective simpler manner and also in a way that rewards not only us but the people that we come in contact with
0: interesting so it's
1: it's very it's a very different way of uh looking at uh why we uh why we were born you know and brooke i don't know if you've ever heard the statistics but uh uh people smarter than me have come up with a number that is a calculated odds that we are even alive on this planet right now you and i you know, just the, the fact that we are alive right now having this conversation, just the fact that Brooke was born and Tim was born are one in 400 trillion. So the sheer impossibility that we are living this rich human experience is impossible. So what are we going to do with this rich human experience during the time that we're alive? Uh, uh, it, it, In my opinion, it could be considered um uh, uh perhaps a, a missed opportunity to not find the essence of the things that bring us the most joy and helps other people
0: hmm. if someone is listening right now and they're thinking oh my gosh yes yes to everything tim is saying but they do find themselves in a career that isn't very fulfilling they don't kind of know what their Ikigai is, what advice do you mm. have for that person?
1: Explore. Mm. Try to get out there and explore. This is the one thing that, that that school doesn't teach us. Well, I guess you could say, you know, when we're when we're, when we're young and we're going through all of the you know, the the toddler stage and the preschooler stage and, you know, teenagerhood and all this other kind of stuff. Those are all uh, uh, types of uh, work that we do that just kind of come naturally. We just go through those phases just automatically sort of thing, but then we get to a point where we become an adult and then we start uh, wondering, okay, now what is my work? I define work as, as what you do uh, to to bring a greater existence to your own uh, being, uh, your, the greatest possibility of finding uh, uh, Ikigai, I guess job on the other hand is what you do in order to earn, earn an income. So you can feed yourself, house yourself, take care of, you know, your you know, savings and have safety and security. And this is all Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh, stuff out of, you know, a base, uh, psychology course in college. But, uh, I can say this, the one thing that we have not been taught is how to get out into the world and to really explore the things that fascinate us. Mm That we or that we're really good at, you know. What were you good at in school?
0: English. (laughs) I mean, writing, reading, writing, grammar, punctuation. And I actually, my first career was an English teacher.
1: Okay, so English (laughs) teacher, and you explored it, and you're not an English teacher any longer. I'm
0: actually not. No, so I explored it, and I loved the teaching aspect. I got really frustrated and kind of disillusioned by a lot of the administrative stuff. Uh, I taught high school and so the grading was very cumbersome. So I just felt like I could never get on top of it. I had 125 students at a time. They would all write three to five page papers. I would grade a batch and feel on top of the world and then they'd submit a new batch, you know? So it was just, that was really tough for me. So there are parts of the job I loved parts that I really didn't love, and I just uh, kind of lost my steam over the years. I taught for 12 Mm -hmm. years total, and at the same time, I was exploring nutrition and health and kind of a weight loss path of my own and making a lot of discoveries and getting really passionate about what I was finding out. So then when I moved from New York City, where I was teaching, my husband and I moved to California to be closer to family. And my option was get another job teaching or start my own business, which I was also very passionate about this kind of entrepreneurial spirit. So I started my own business as a nutrition coach. And so I actually do, as you've been talking, I feel now very aligned with my work and my job. Both are Mm-hmm. kind of together, whereas before I was more doing the job, didn't really feel like I was living out my life's purpose or doing the work that I knew would kind of light me up.
1: Let's uh, break down those two different scenarios, okay? Yeah. So the first scenario was that you uh, that you went out and you explored and you said, you know what, uh, English, you're really good at English and uh, you're good at writing and doing all that, all that kind of stuff. And then you got to be a teacher and you enjoyed the teaching part of it. Mm-hmm. But you didn't like the administrative and the marking and all this other kind of administration has nothing to do with your ikigai marking papers has nothing to do with your ikigai mm. uh, uh dealing with uh, you know student problems that has nothing to do with your ikigai your ikigai was that you are passionate about the language and passionate about teaching and and allowing your your uh your skills to shine in that one moment all the other stuff kind of just was a was a weight right mm-hmm. so uh, now you go into this scenario that you're in right now and you've become an entrepreneur and i'll bet That more than an entrepreneur, you're a teacher.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's what I love is I'm still teaching, but now I'm teaching about nutrition and healthy weight loss and protein and mindset. So many things that I'm more passionate about than, I mean, I still do. It's, It's also, I feel like as you're describing this kind of a trap you might fall into is what you're good Mm -hmm. at might not necessarily be what you love doing. So I'm really good. I was just always naturally good at English and reading and writing, but teaching English, I mean, it was fine. It was, you know, I liked it enough, but it wasn't, Mm -hmm. even though I was good at it, it wasn't kind of my favorite thing. I wanna take a quick break from the episode to tell you about a company I've been impressed by for years. Thrive Market is an online shopping platform that offers thousands of products at 25 to 50% off retail prices. For just $60 a year, you get access to a wide variety of premium pantry staples, supplements, beauty products, and home goods at unbeatable prices. To put things in perspective, I save about $20 to $30 per shipment, which means my annual membership fee pays for itself after just two orders. My favorite part about Thrive Market is that for every paid membership, they donate a membership to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. So not only do you save money on your purchases, but you also make healthy products accessible to everyone. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market or just click through the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So, but you've done some exploring. And the thing yeah. is about Ikigai and uh, what I really encourage people to do is to name their Ikigai, give it some sort of a name. My Ikigai, by the way, is to delight. And that's what I love to do every single day. When I wake up in the morning, and I know exactly where my feet are going to point. I'm going to I'm going to go out into the world, and I'm going to find ways to be able to bring a smile to people's face, or provide them with safety and security, uh, uh, share meaningful moments, uh, you know, give a high five to the person that's walking up the street, uh, walking their dog as I'm walking their dog, my dog rather. Um, that is the reason why I get up in the morning, and I know that, and I do it in a variety of ways. That sometimes Pay me an income, but most of all, uh, reward me on a regular basis and help other people. Okay. So, the uh, I could say that, you know, when I've, I've only gotten to know you here over the last few minutes, but you've shared some interesting things. Um, I, I would uh, ask, you know, what do you love to do? That is the first question that anybody uh, seeking Ikigai needs to uh, at least start answering what do you love to do people are gonna you might say well i love to hike and i like to do this and you know i like to go on bicycle rides and i love to spend time with family and whatnot but i don't know would you like to would you like to kind of unwrap unwrap your ikigai a little bit here
0: sure and just before we even do that i think when you said your ikigai is to delight that to me, it's that's not affiliated with a certain career. So I think I'm coming into this conversation thinking, you have to find your profession, your career, you know, that's kind of how I've been trained to think. And that Mm -hmm. feels very liberating to me. If you define your ikigai as to delight, you could do that in a multitude of professions.
1: Yeah, and uh, and you can name your ikigai anything you like as long as it resonates with you and, and you know that this is something that you love to do on a regular basis. I, was, um, uh, I had uh, an interview with uh, Kate Hudson, uh, the actress Kate Hudson and her brother Oliver Hudson on their podcast uh, called Sibling Revelry. So I did uh, very much like what I'm doing with you. I'm just kind of talking about, hopefully more about you than I am about me. But the idea is what you love to do And as Kate was kind of, you know, uh, marking off the different things, she she loves she loves to sing and she loves to act and she loves to be around people. And she likes this and that. And then her energy completely changed altogether. And she says, you know what I really love to do, though? It's when, you know, if you're driving to the to the basket and you're going to go and you're going to and you're going to, you know, make the shot. And instead of making the shot, you pass it off to somebody else. And her brother says, oh, to Ali, you. He hmm. goes, yeah, the alley oop, and I said, Kate, why can't that be your ikigai? to alley oop. Mm-hmm. She know she knew what that meant, mm-hmm. and it resonated with her. And so, if she can find different ways to be able to alley oop on a regular basis to m- provide the assist to help other people in order to be able to give, uh, get uh, wins out of it, then that's a that's a that's a powerful way to be able to go into a day. Right, you just know that to have that name.
0: Yeah. And again, just to emphasize how liberating that this this conversation isn't necessarily saying you have to leave your current profession and go back to school and learn how to do something else. You know, you could just find new meaning in the work you're already doing. When you define this.
1: That's exactly it. Yeah. I I encourage people to bring their ikigai to their job. In other words, bring their work to their job, bring more of yourself your job uh and so uh so let's do you want to do this
0: yeah let's do it
1: okay brooke what do you love to do
0: i i do love to read i love to be around people but i also equally love Mm. to be alone i love to connect Mm. with people i love to learn about people my college roommate, she uh, was quieter than I am and she we had instantly connected and she said her favorite thing was that I would go up to new kids on campus and just do all the talking and you know, she said I'd kind of interview them in a way of, oh, what are you majoring and where are you from? And I would ask all these questions. and then she said she just got to sit there and benefit from it and listen. and she loved that because that what didn't come naturally to her. Um, I Mm -hmm. love in what I do now and what I did teaching to, I guess, bring the best out of people. Um, So whether that was with kids, with their writing or with my clients now, helping them really discover what is best for them in terms of nutrition and movement. Do you have an example? Uh, In terms of...
1: Uh, bringing the best out of somebody like do you have is there an incident that yeah really resonates with you
0: so uh what i really see my work as now as a coach is pulling from the science-backed principles we know about what works in terms of nutrition so you know we're not taking shots in the dark. We we have evidence on, you know, it's good to eat a certain amount of protein and fiber. And so if we pull from that and then figure out what works for a unique person, and that's going to look different for everybody. So people have different dietary preferences and likes and dislikes, and a lot of different diets and programs out there will say, you know, you have to eat this or you have to avoid this. And that's no way to set up your nutrition and lifestyle in a way that's gonna be sustainable long-term and help you reach your goals. So an example Mm. I can think of recently is a client uh, really loves to dance, but thought that was not an appropriate form of movement because she had read, you have to do strength training. Uh, You have to do high intensity interval training. And once I said, you know, dance is on the table. That's a beautiful form of movement. If you want to do that, go for it. The best movement for you is the one that you actually like and the one that you'll actually do on a regular basis. And she started going to dance classes four or five times a week and just re-fell in love with different types of dance. And she is moving more than ever and the happiest she can be. And I feel like through Mm -hmm. our conversations, It's almost I don't want to say permission, like I didn't give her permission to do that. That sounds kind of weird. But in a way, kind of doing that, that like, it's okay to not follow, you know, kind of prescriptive things out there that tend to show up in the health space and to figure out what works for you and to follow that. Hmm, okay.
1: Interesting, uh, something that I've noticed is that your energy completely changed when you started telling me about your client. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and you said science-based and you said you wanted to you wanted to teach a uh, teacher how to be able to have better uh, health and exercise and all that kind of stuff and you informed her that uh, this is something that was if she wanted to dance then dance this is absolutely on the table and and you were educating her on why it's so important and 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 then you brought up this whole idea of permission uh for her to be able to understand that oh wait a second i maybe you just didn't think about it. this is uh this is an enlightenment of sort right Mm -hmm. And maybe that, and maybe there is the starting word for your ikigai is to enlighten. Mm -hmm. Um, and and what I, when you think about the term enlighten, like what does that mean? It means to, to bring light to possibility or to bring light to scenarios or, um, uh, shine the spotlight on, on ideas or, or thoughts or, uh, um, lessons or something along those lines. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, so I'm just going to, this is a very, very brief, uh, ikigai session with you. Yeah. I know we're on a bit of a, of a time, but if you started with this word enlighten Brooks, ikigai is to enlighten. The word to is a preposition, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's mm-hmm. an intention. You intend to enlighten on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. Um, So if you just put down and I would invite you to write this down to enlighten. And see if that resonates with you and if it does kind of resonate with you, but that's not the word that you're really looking for. There's that beautiful little service that the interwebs give us called a thesaurus (laughs) (laughs) where you can literally where you can literally uh, go and look up other words that might resonate with you even more. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, we also, within the last year or so, have this new service called ChatGPT, where you can ask it, invent a new word for me, based mm-hmm. on enlightened. Uh, and this is what I, this is because I like to teach and I like to inform and I like to provide science-based uh, facts in order to be able to help people live more healthier lives. Right. You can ask it to create a new word, right? Hmm. So there's a million different ways to be able to give your ikigai a name. Uh, I don't know if you know who Maria Popova is, but she's this wonderful writer. She had a, a blog called Brain Pickings, and she made the point, she says, when you name something, it's the beginning of understanding it. Hmm. So that's what I love about uh, naming your Ikigai is that it it gives you a place to be able to start to go to to find ways to see it be successful on a daily basis, see you be successful in being uh, more yourself. I always encourage people to do more. You, Brooke, I want you to do more you every day, because mm-hmm. that's what Ikigai is all about. Um, you know, you talk about science based uh, 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 evidence. All this stuff with ikigai and helping other people through your gifts and whatnot, this is all this is all uh, uh, backed up by positive psychology, you know, studies in positive psychology that if we do one act of kindness for somebody, it can boost our base level happiness for up to a month at a time, you know? Right. You're doing something that is really, Not only that something that you're good at in in taking information and providing really good, solid information to people so they can live better lives. But by doing that, you're living a better life because of it. Mm, Right. Right? Yeah. And beyond that, uh, positive psychology also indicates that that uh, time affluence is something that is absolutely imperative for us to be able to uh, to embrace. We have the time in order to be able to do more of yourself to be authentic to yourself and you're not marking papers and you're not dealing with angry parents and you're not doing administration work and all that kind of stuff that drives you nuts. Right? Yeah. The
0: worst. Yeah. I mean, shout out to all the yeah. teachers out there because it's a oh, lot. Yeah. It's that's... it's a thankless job in a lot of ways. And it's, it's very gratifying also in a lot of ways, but, uh, no, yeah. I think this is all just brilliant. Everything you're saying, I'm wondering if somebody's listening, if they want to figure out their own ikigai, would you recommend doing what you just did with me where they they could do some type of journaling activity and just start listing out everything they love and then look for kind of a common thread of a word that could connect all those things?
1: Yeah. You know what I recommend? Uh, I've only just started recommending this, but I think it's a really uh, good way to do it. And this is the way that I actually figured out my own ikigai. I sat down with a friend and I asked them to interview me. Hmm. And I uh, and I just started with that first question. I want you to interview me. And so I can literally have this uh, dialogue with you where you can call BS on anything that I might be saying that you don't believe but you can also provide more context to the things that I am saying to you that bring some clarity. So, but that's all based on that, uh, on that one interview question, what do you love to do? Mm -hmm. And then you can go from that and you can go, you know, what are you, what are you good at? And then you can start saying things uh, about it. For the longest time, I thought that my Ikigai, not for the longest time, but after this uh, uh, interview with my friend, I thought that my Ikigai was to win people over. And once Once I thought about it, because because it just kept on coming up over and over and over and over again. You know, what do you do in this situation? Well, I just want to make sure that it's it's, you know it's good for them as well as me, and I want them to smile, or I want them to feel supported, or you know that that sort of thing. So I kept on saying to win them over, to win them over. But in real, in reality, to delight made much more sense, and that's uh, what I figured out after going to the the (laughs) forest.
0: Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in evidence based sustainable weight loss. If you're ready to stop yo yo dieting and start living a healthy, active lifestyle you're proud of, I'd love to work with you in one of my programs. Unlike restrictive, one-size-fits-all diets that only provide short-term results, I help you adopt science-backed nutrition and lifestyle habits that work for your unique likes, dislikes, and time constraints so you can lose weight permanently, have high energy throughout the day, feel completely in control of cravings, and stay consistent long-term. To learn more, visit thehealthinvestment.com Or follow me on Instagram and TikTok at The Health Investment. Is this something that you could bring into a relationship? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, How would that look? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, as we know, relationships are uh, certainly uh, uh, partnerships that are complicated a lot of the time. But by knowing each other, uh, and through the ikigai understanding through the ikigai lens i guess this gives us uh, permission to be uh to let go of the uh preconceived notions in our in our mind that our partners need to be doing something that they're not good at mm. right um they just uh I'm going into going into a whole new realm right now because (laughs) I'm a former Buddhist monk, so this is I'm going into more compassion, uh, the uh, direction than I am Ikigai direction. But ultimately, the better you know yourself, the easier it is for you to be able to kind of understand how your own suffering uh, is caused. Hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever, but the the four noble truths of Buddhism is that if you're alive, you're suffering. If you're suffering, there has to be a reason for it. If there's a reason for it, then there has to be a way to stop it. And the way to stop it is to get smarter, Hmm. essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, and I would say so many people in the world right now in terms of their own ikigai, understanding themselves first so that they can share their own gifts with other people. Uh, we just haven't taken the steps necessary in order to be able to explore deep enough so that we can understand ourselves better. Uh, it's the, the society is driven by too much. Uh, OK, you have to be the director of operations at Microsoft or you have to be the professor emeritus at uh, Stanford or you have to be you have to have all these titles as opposed to just saying, "Hey, eh, you know what? I wake up in the morning to enlighten people.
0: hmm. Yeah would you say your ikigai evolves over your lifetime or would you say you know even as a child my ikigai was to delight
1: yeah i think that we we all have very special gifts that we have to unwrap and yeah i mean our attentions and our abilities to be able to share our ikigai change throughout our lifetime uh i would say a 22 year old person Um, has different, uh, I guess, realities uh, in life than a 60-year-old person, right? So a 60-year-old person is in the senator stage of their life Whereas a 22 year old person is in the athlete stage of their life. They're completely different stages of life altogether. And, mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean that if somebody is going through, you know, 20, a 22 years old, trying to figure out what their ikigai is and they don't figure it out until they're 40. That's okay. You know, lots of people never figure out what their ikigai is, but this is what life was supposed to be about is to find out our greatest. Worth. Mm -hmm. And to self-actualize enough so that we can uh, see and enjoy this very, very brief existence as much as possible.
0: How would you describe how your life is different now that you've discovered your Ikigai versus prior to discovering that?
1: Well, I give myself uh, much more of a break, you know. It's not about making money for me anymore. It's about saying, okay, sometimes I get paid. If I go to do a speech about Ikigai or or uh, if I'm doing a a sing, I'm a singer as well. So if I'm singing on a stage, sometimes I get paid. Sometimes I just go to a seniors facility in town and just sing for them because it gives me and them joy. You know, so there's there's a, a billion different ways to be able to enjoy this uh, ikigai of delighting people. What I do is try to use my creativity on a regular basis to just uh, do it with as, from as many different angles as possible. And one of them is here talking to you and to be able to, you know, have a, a nice conversation with a new friend and maybe see a smile on your face, which I've seen quite a bit of, by yeah. the way. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Yes. Well, I mean, your guy is clearly showing through because even the way you talk and explain things is delightful. So that's why I'm smiling. One of the final questions I ask each of my guests is: In your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment?
1: Uh, I believe that the the biggest investment that we can uh, have in our lives is to be is our mental health, mm. and to be able to understand our own suffering. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to, when I was uh, spending time in Thailand uh, living as a monk, I had a a lesson that was profoundly uh, important for me. And I came to realize uh, on the uh, uh, eve of my ordainment that the word happiness has a a letter I right in the middle of it. Hmm. And I went, oh, I am the I in happiness. I'm right there in the middle of the word. And if i get pulled away if i'm angry or if i'm greedy or if i'm delusional about something in my life that i think is bringing me joy it pulls that eye out of the word and i'm not that's not me there's no happiness anymore so i would say mental health and just having the ability to be able to kind of see life as it is is that uh, our our natural state is joyful our unnatural state is anger or greedy or delusional. If we can just, uh, if we can just notice it and be mindful of it on a more regular basis, the happier you will be.
0: Hmm. Wow. Where can listeners follow and find you?
1: Oh, you can find me on the Facebooks and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't post a lot of content actually, I I need to get better at that. But, uh, and on YouTube, I have a little YouTube channel called uh, part-time monk and, uh, yeah, just uh, find me on LinkedIn.
0: Okay. LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. I mean, I would even say, you know, you're saying I need to post more on social media. That might be one of the things that has the potential to take that eye out of happiness because social media can be a blessing and a curse.
1: (laughs) I've, I've experienced both, both sides of that coin. (laughs)
0: I'm sure. I'm sure everybody who's ever posted on social media has experienced both sides. I think, and you know, beautiful in so many ways because it connects us, but, uh,
1: yeah. yeah, important,
0: I think, to constantly be speaking of mental health, just kind of assessing, you know, is is this serving me? And in the way I'm using it, is this serving me in the best way it can? But that's a oh yeah. And part of that
1: mental health is the yeah, that's the doom scrolling thing is, is exactly is so harmful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I
0: know. So. I just learned that term the other day actually when I was talking to a client about sleep, and she was saying she knows sleep is something she wants to work on. And she mentioned, you know, I just lie in bed at night for an hour and just kind of doom scroll. And she mentioned what I thought was so insightful. She said, you know, when you open up social media, you don't know what you're going to get. So some nights she's scrolling and the algorithm showing her funny videos about little kids and cats and it's all happy and she just falls asleep easily. And then other nights, somehow the algorithm is showing her, things about war and all the things going on in the world and then she can't sleep at all. And so we had this big conversation mm-hmm. about, you know, you don't know what you're going to get from something like opening up your phone right before bed. Uh
1: Oh yeah, especially right before bed. It's right. Yeah. It's, uh, that's
0: Talk yeah. about yeah, mind racing for for the entire night possibly. But again, that's a whole other can of worms. I am so grateful to have had this conversation with you. I think if I hadn't, I may never have begun this discovery myself into my life's work. Um, I, I definitely came into the conversation thinking more, you know, this is going to be me figuring out, you know, nutrition, or I was more career minded in thinking your life's work is English teacher or your life's work is whatever you do, more your job, as you described. So I just, I love this so much that your life's work can be something like to delight or to enlighten. And then you can do that in any career. Maybe it changes the way you look at your current career. Maybe you start a new career path, but it's there's a lot more freedom, I think, in that term than having to say, your life's work or your ikigai is your job. That's very limiting. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it can be very, very limiting. It's a. I would say that your ikigai is something you could do 24 hours a day effortlessly. Ah. That it brings you joy because you're really good at it and it helps other people. It has to. Be, ikigai is a boomerang.
0: Right. You have to be able
1: to do it for yourself, but it has to be able to help other people as well.
0: Awesome, well, thank you very much for delighting us today. It was my pleasure to have this conversation and I know we all look forward to connecting with you off air.
1: Thank you very much, buy my
0: book. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm gonna link to your book as well. I'm gonna link to that. (laughs) Thanks Tim. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners on your way out. Remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis.